Welcome to the Pack Podcast. I'm Stacey, a sales enablement manager. And I'm Rich, and I'm a product manager. And this week we're talking to Yuri Shkiro, who is an engineer at Uber and the author of the book Mastering Distributed Tracing, which came out in February. Yuri is also developing a tool called Jaeger. Now, Jaeger is an open source tool for end-to-end distributed tracing. So Yuri's going to go into a little bit more detail on what it is exactly. But essentially, the purpose of Jaeger is to help engineers achieve greater transparency and observability in complex and highly distributed systems. Observability has become a big talking point in engineering over the last year. So getting Yuri's perspective on this was really valuable. Let's listen to what he had to say. So I started in industry around 2000 uh, and uh, worked for 15 years at uh, financial institutions uh, in Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs. I was doing mostly trading applications for derivatives trading. Um, That was like very complex uh, business logic applications, not too particularly challenging in terms of scale. Um, and so in 2005, I, I, I left and I joined Uber and I was working there since then. Um, and at Uber, I pretty much from the beginning, I started working on distributed tracing uh, in uh, on the New York observability team. And that was um, that there were like initial attempts at Uber to do distributed tracing, but uh, they didn't really pick up uh, until uh, so we started. Uh, Jaeger project in New York um, and um, build out the team around that and started supporting it. And so I'm still doing that. Uh, there's my kind of responsibilities grew a bit beyond that, but uh, this is still my primary focus at Uber. Great stuff. And I know you've written a book with us recently, which is about mastering distributed tracing. And um, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, uh, the the book is um, full coverage of the industry. Um, <clears throat> the reason I, I wanted to write it is because uh, when I was starting with distributed tracing, there was really uh, not a lot of literature uh, to understand the space to, uh, to act and, and especially no practical guides on how you go about um, deploying such a system in a large organization. Uh, like Uber wasn't too large at the time when I started, it was 500 engineers, I think, but now it's over several thousand. Uh, and we also went deep into microservices architecture. And so that created a lot of challenges into how you actually deploy and uh, roll out uh, distributed tracing to the whole company. Um, and so um, the the book was, I mean, it, it goes uh, from the very basic uh, instrumentation of how you start with a Hello World application and then um, gives you all the way step-by-step instruction to how you uh, instrument it and break it up into microservices and uh, into full-blown application. Um, and then it also talks about like a theory and the foundational uh, things about uh, tracing what other techniques were used in the industry before the like the widely accepted model that exists today in most tracing systems. And especially it, I think um, the, the the part that uh, I like the most in the book is really that talks about the challenges of deploying uh, the tracing and convincing people that it has value and uh, what kind of use cases it solves in the in the uh, organization. Cool. No, that sounds really good. Um, and it kind of leads on to the next question, actually, um, which is about kind of um, distributed systems and microservices and why they're kind of valuable, but also the challenges. And I guess um, a good way of sort of thinking about that as well, breaking it up is kind of what, what the sort of challenges were at Uber as well, in particular, but also more general, generally as well for kind of um, sort of any company that 
builds or relies on software. Right. Um, <clears throat> well, I can start probably with a more generic uh, view of, of this. I mean, the distributed systems and microservices, well, distributed systems by themselves are a necessity of modern corporations that work at like internet scale uh, and uh, serving millions or even billions of users. Clearly, no single computer can handle that kind of load. So we have to build systems which are running on many like, thousands of machines, the way that Google runs them, for example. And, and so that sort of the traditional uh, software principles that were done uh, back in the like before 2000 even uh, when there was like one big computer with one big computer program on it right those just don't work anymore because they, they cannot scale to to the volumes that we need um, and so distributed systems is a way to address that but as uh, as these systems grow more and more complex and the organizations around them grow larger uh, it it also becomes very challenging to treat them as one single monolith application because there's many multiple reasons, but uh, like uh, the, the way applications are deployed, if you have a single monolith, I don't know, 500 people working on that, then it creates a lot of friction and challenges organization of how you deploy, who is responsible for the releases, who is responsible for on-call for that application. Um, with the, that scale of the organization, uh, no one really knows uh, everything about the single application. And so if you're on-call, for it, then suddenly uh, you get in a page for something that you have no idea what it is. And that's not how traditionally or rather modern technical technology organizations are operating. Like you should be on call for the things that you understand rather than uh, something that gets thrown at you. Um, and so microservices is a way to solve these organizational challenges, mostly not so much the uh, technical challenges uh, of the actual applications. And by, by breaking it up into small pieces and making each team responsible for their small piece and uh, being able to iterate on those fast and evolve that independently of the other pieces of the system. And so what challenges that creates is, is uh, obviously uh, it complicates the system a lot. So if we're talking about distributed system, it's uh, like a hyper distributed system now because every not only we're running uh, it's on multiple computers, but we're running all multiple independent services. They all have to talk to each other. Uh, so there is a lot of infrastructure concerns that need to be solved, um, like auto scaling, discovery and etc. Uh, reliability is 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 a um, difficult question with microservices because if you depend on on ten components now, uh, with each each of them has its own reliability target, but your your tot total overall reliability target is like as good as the as the worst component now. Actually, it's worse than that. Uh, and so the uh, microservices architectures they evolve to kind of solve this uh, this problem um, architecturally and specifically what observability challenges in in that space are is again it's mostly the complexity because uh, now that a single request for example uh, i take a uber example when, when you order a ride that one request from the mobile application to the uber backend can touch 50 different microservices uh, right, and so if something goes wrong, it's pretty hard to figure out what specifically failed in that, uh, because unless you using distributed tracing, which gives the whole picture of how requests travel to the architecture, all you get is just like an error code in the end, and and no visibility where system where things break, uh, and that's what uh, I guess the distributed tracing is primarily addressing: how to solve the complexity of microservices from the monitoring point of view. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. That's really useful. And you you did mention observability there. So I, I also wanted to kind of get from you kind of what 
what how kind of distributed tracing sort of fits into the sort of bigger picture of observability i mean is it is it kind of is it sort of just is it a way of doing observability would you say or is it is it kind of more than that it's it's a way of doing observability um observability uh kind of is often confused with with monitoring uh and i i try to make a very clear distinction between uh, within those in my in my book uh to me monitoring is something that you absolutely need in production, right? You can't run an application blind, so you have to monitor it. And tracing is not monitoring. Uh, you could use it for that in, in some capacity. Uh, but primarily monitoring is, is the thing that you decide, these are the signals that I know indicate some health of my application. And so I want to monitor them. And if they fall down below certain thresholds or exhibit unusual patterns, then I want to be alerted and, and potentially see what's going on, right? And uh, that's not really uh, what observability is about. Observability is about asking questions to, to the system and being able to answer those questions. It's not something that you know upfront, oh, this is the exact thing that I will be measuring. Uh, and tracing uh, is, uh, in, in fact, like most uh, tools, including metrics and logs, they, they all have predefined instrumentation points. So you are already deciding upfront what you're measuring. Uh, however, because tracing measures it across uh, so many different microservices and then combines it into one coherent picture, you could treat it as a, as a thing that actually you don't know upfront what you're measuring uh, or as a whole thing. And so you actually um, measuring something that will emerge in the production and in a shape and that you not necessarily know. Uh, and then once that happens, you can go and see what that shape is and try to ans ask questions about why that shape is and like try to drill down into problems. And so that that is kind of a unique position that tracing occupies in observability space uh, because most other tools, they focus on the behavior of one individual component of the architecture. And uh, troubleshooting a behavior of one component is, uh, it's a crowded space. I mean, tracing is not the only tool there. Uh, there's lots of uh, like Linux kernel uh, tracing tools and uh, logs and monitoring and metrics, everything. You can throw everything at one service and basically find a way to, to figure out what's going on at it. Uh, but if you step back and look at, well, what's going on across 100 microservices or 1,000 microservices, then tracing is really the only tool that exists today that can answer that question. Uh, and so that puts it in a unique position in uh, observability. I think that's a really good way of um, kind of highlighting how vital tracing is. Like you say, if you've got thousands of microservices, how else are you going to find the right one or, you know, the one that's, that's causing the problem? Um, and I think that kind of brings us on quite nicely to how does it actually work in practice? So what does distributed, tra distributed tracing look like? Um, you know, what kind of questions do you ask before you even actually get kind of nitty gritty and, and into it? Where, where do you start? So distributed tracing um, <clears throat> as a technique is very simple idea. It's, it's based on, on so-called context propagation. Uh, when a request enters the architecture for the very first time, we assign it a unique ID and uh, some other metadata associated with that. Uh, and we just keep passing that metadata as the request travels through more and more uh, different services in handling one single request from the user. And uh, the way uh, the metadata is passed and modified allows us to then reconstruct that path of the request. Uh, we can also take profiling information 
uh, like how much time it uh, took, what kind of operations were executing, what kind of, I don't know, database queries uh, were called uh, from any services. And we collect it all into one uh, sort of like a big tree or, uh, or a graph of, of events that happened uh, as part of that request, annotated with timing and all other attributes. And that's what what kind of gives the the distributed tracing the power of of look at, at a single transaction spanning multiple services. I guess um, as far as uh, I don't really want to talk about uh, like details of the instrumentation, but uh, yeah, the the way you start with the tracing in in any application is uh, tracing is uh, conceptually a, a white box instrumentation technique. Uh, you cannot do tracing in an application. Uh, by purely observing it from the outside, because that feature of context propagation is simply not possible. If you have 10 incoming requests into an application concurrently, and it does 100 outbound requests, then how do you know which ones correlate to the incoming request, right? And so that's what context propagation achieves. It, it allows us to, to establish causality between events within the application. Uh, and that can only happen when we have some instrumentation running inside the application. Uh, and, and that's why it's a white box instrumentation. Uh, and it doesn't mean that you actually have to go and change code in application because there are all kinds of libraries uh, existing in tracing uh, uh, like the open tracing ecosystem provides many of those where you can just attach a library to the application and it will become kind of magically traced by itself but that's how you start you have to instrument the application and then uh, once the tracing is in place within the application uh, so we have two components of of the data collection the context propagation is something that is attached to all the requests um, or like all the network calls that happen within one single request and then asynchronously the the instrumentation in the application also collects profiling data and reports it to the tracing backend and then where it's assembled into the whole trace and uh, which is usually a directly acyclic graph of, of the events happening in the application no that's that's yeah that sounds clear that's really good thanks um i just wanted to ask you actually i didn't note it here but what um, maybe you don't want to say too much about it, but kind of around sort of instrumentation and tooling, is there anything that you think is particularly synonymous with distributed tracing or is it more about, is it more a methodology for using certain tools and instruments, I guess? There are two, as I said, there are two pieces to, to the data collection. One is the actual instrumentation that runs inside the application and until when I just started doing tracing at Uber, uh, the the state of the industry was kind of pretty poor in that regard because there is no standards as to how you instrument your application. Uh, there is no standard APIs. Uh, the existing tracing systems like Zipkin or commercial vendors, they would give you an SDK which would have its own unique API. Every SDK had a unique API and if you uh, actually go and instrument your application and you expand uh, significant resources of doing that across like multiple services, then you would get tied to a particular vendor for like very expensive instrumentation. So that has changed since Open Tracing uh, API came about. Uh, I was one of the co-founders of that project, and there other other uh, tracing vendors and other end users were participating in that. So it's it's kind of a completely vendor neutral API. So if you instrument your application uh, with that API, you do it only once. As far as the second piece, which is uh, the uh, data collection uh, to the tracing backend, 
there, there are multiple tools today uh, on the market. Uh, so I myself work on a, on a tracing system, Jaeger, uh, which was open sourced by Uber and donated to Cloud Native Computing Foundation. Uh, it became a very popular project. Um, so it's it's a it's a tracing backend. So you can combine an open tracing instrumentation in the application with with Jaeger as a backend, and it just works. There. Uh, Plenty of other projects. Uh, I I don't want to make like it sound that Jaeger is the only one. Uh, Zipkin was the oldest open source project that's still around and um, like evolving. And there are newer projects like Skywalking and uh, Haystack from Expedia. And uh, multiple uh, tracing vendors exist. And you so like uh, open tracing sort of evolved that pretty much everyone supports that. So uh, you can you can start sending your data to any of the of the vendors of the open source projects, and it will just work. And I guess next question I wanted to ask was just around implementing distributed tracing from a like a, a cultural level. So, you know, how accepted is it within business? Um, is it something that you you kind of have to convince people that it's a good thing to do or, or is it kind of just embedded now as a as a core process? Huh, that's a good question. Um, it's. It's still in the early days, uh, although it's certainly matured over the last three years that uh, I've been doing it. Uh, as um, I remember when I was speaking at conferences in the past two years, I always ask people like, raise your hands if you ever use distributed tracing. And two years ago, maybe 10% would raise their hands. Uh, at one of the recent, uh, I think at KubeCon, almost the whole room raised their hands uh, saying yes. And that was not like a talk about tracing um, directly. So that there's clearly some momentum in the industry in terms of at least awareness and recognition that the tracing exists and is useful. Um, as far as how widely it's adopted, um, that's a bit more tricky question. Uh, I think a lot of organizations recognize that uh, given their complexity, their traditional tools don't really help them anymore in the microservices world, and so they're looking into adopting distributed tracing. I think there was a talk recently about uh, by Ben Sigelman called uh, Three Pillars of Observability and Zero Answers. So like, just because you got tracing logs and metrics as all individual tools doesn't mean that your observability needs are actually fully solved. So you kind of need to go further than that and integrate them and build additional solutions on top of that. And that's, I think, where uh, tracing is, is currently in the very nascent days because the way the tracing systems exist today, most of them and, and what they provide is sort of not too far from where uh, tracing was when Google introduced it, like popularized it in, in 2010 or like around that time with a dapper paper. Uh, it's really uh, a tool where you can look at a single request, uh, look at it as a graph or as a Gantt chart in a time sequence view and then try to figure out, well, what's wrong with this single request. And many people still think of, of tracing is, is, as this is the use case that it's used for. Uh, and, and that's, I think, actually is a damaging thing for tracing in the industry because that's not how you get insights about your architecture because looking at a single request uh, has so many issues. One is, well, how do you know that that request is in any way representative of what's going on overall in architecture? For for Uber or companies with a, a lot of microservices, there's another challenge is that you can't even look at a single request. Like if I pick up a trace that I mentioned with the 50 microservices, it's going to have about several thousand events uh, on that trace. And so even if I visualize it in some way, it's going to be pretty much impossible to tell. Uh, well, I mean, I can zoom in into a very specific part of it, 
uh, and then see that that would be helpful. But uh, on as a, as a top level picture, it's it's just a mess. There is this too much information that uh, a person can cannot really comprehend what's what's going on in such complexity. Um, and so w w what that means to me is that the data mining is really going to be the next evolution of tracing in the industry. And we've been having some very successful experiments at Uber for like running data mining on on a bulk on a large uh, volume of traces and gaining insights from that, uh, which actually tell us about like emerging behaviors in the, in architecture rather than oh this is one off uh, thing that happens. As far as the organizationally how tracing is adopted, I think uh, there's also one uh, challenge that I, I called out in the book. To me, it's a um, a challenge of misaligned incentives that, that I called it. The tracing is fundamentally a macro view of your architecture, right? It's like the, the reason you break uh, applications into microservices is to scale organization better, scale the system uh, with the organization. Uh, but that means that uh, like if, if you are a developer and you're working on maybe one, maybe three microservices, then those are the things that you really care about. And so if you are on call and you make want to make sure that they are in production and basically working correctly, then you don't really care too much about what's going on outside of your applications. Uh, you just want to make sure that your piece works, right? And so monitoring is perfect for that. It kind of tells you what the health of the application is. Uh, it doesn't really explain if something goes bad downstream, but in order to, to get value from tracing uh, as an organization, you can't adopt that mentality of saying, oh, I only care about a small piece because the biggest value of tracing comes when you say, oh, we see the whole thing, what, what like hundreds of microservices are doing together. And there's really no roles in organizations that are sort of, or there are, but there are like much fewer of those uh, who take that position and really understand what the whole product flow looks like, right? And so for, for that purpose, I think that was uh, definitely was a challenge at Uber to to, just, uh, to roll out tracing uh, because of that, because really there weren't ro any roles that uh, would say, yes, I absolutely need everyone on this core flow to uh, roll out and adopt tracing because otherwise I cannot do my job. Um, and so, uh, again, Uber uh, organization has evolved. We now do have uh, those kinds of people. It's mostly uh, SREs and uh, people responsible for specific product lines. Um, and they sort of drive the adoption uh, by saying, well, we can't get visibility into what our system is doing without everyone adopting tracing. And, and that's kind of how it, it um, I, I guess, progresses within the organization. Yeah, that's so you you kind of touched on something I was about to ask about um, job roles, but I, I can't and and obviously it's kind of I guess uh, mainly within the sort of SRE domain, right? But I guess one thing that I'm kind of interested in is sort of thinking about kind of what other what the kind of wider impact is and what other job roles might kind of feel the impact of something like distributed tracing and more broadly just observability too. Well, I wouldn't say it's just a series. I mean, uh, uh, it's it's very common in the technology organizations to have uh, developers who write software to be on call for those. And so if you're on call, you kind of need observability tools. Uh, SREs is a much smaller portion of those people, um, but any engineer could benefit from tracing. And again, if I even if I'm uh, just worried about my own service, uh, but I see that, for example, uh, I'm getting some errors from the downstream system right um, the tracing can actually help with that uh, and and kind of uh, illustrate uh, pinpoint problems in architecture so that 
you you can then just pass the buck to the next team and saying you guys have to solve it because there is nothing I can do about it. And so uh, the so um, that uh, so I think engineers uh, as as a is a perfect target for overall, like the software engineers are a perfect target for distributed tracing. Uh, and it's not just production, the distributed tracing can be used uh, in, in like in a development workflow when you when you develop in a new thing. Again, given the complexity of the current systems, it's almost impossible to mock uh, all your dependencies in, in sort of in a stage in a development environment. And so it's very common uh, where people uh, kind of test and production. It's a, it's a, it's a meme now. Um, and uh, distributed tracing is is very useful because it allows you not only to use context propagation to tag the requests so that you can uh, actually uh, well separate the traffic, which is test traffic from uh, from the production traffic. No other technique again can do that without without proper context propagation. Uh, and uh, and if something goes wrong again, you can easily see what's what's happening. And uh, because again, if you're developing a new functionality, you uh, it's one thing being on call, you can certainly uh, page another team and saying you have to look at it. But if you are in the development state, you don't want to page something. So you kind of want to figure out, well, what's going on downstream? Like, uh, am I sending the wrong request or are they replying with something that I'm not expecting? And so uh, having tracing uh, give you that view into one individual request is still very helpful. Going back to the roles, yes, Sariza clearly um, uh, is are the, the role that should care about tracing because it gives them the sort of um, observability tools into and visibility into the health and behavior of the overall system. But at the same time, SREs are not the uh, DevOps, right? They're not the ones that, oh, we are people on call. The, the SREs are people who do the automation uh, for, for reliability. So they, they can use the tracing uh, not as a sort of as a production outage time tool, they can use tracing for, for other things. For example, um, Netflix invented Chaos Engineering with the Chaos, original Chaos Monkey, right? The Chaos Engineering is a very interesting discipline uh, in that it's like it started as a Chaos Monkey, which is a completely random way of just killing certain components of the architecture and seeing if it's still resilient to those failures, right? But then as the architectures grew to encompass like hundreds of thousands of microservices and, and uh, probably <clears throat> hundreds of thousands of computers just doing this random walk uh, search and uh, to for what what component to terminate is is really inefficient and it doesn't give you any confidence that you're actually exploring the space of potential failures in, in that way and so uh, there is a research project at Netflix with one of the universities where they use tracing to sort of inform how you do chaos engineering way more intelligently by figuring out from the tracing information first where the potentials for for actually injecting failures and then doing that and verifying that yes the system is tolerant to those failures uh, and that uh, allowed them to reduce the search space like dramatically from two to the hundred power to just a hundred experiments they were able to cover the same number of uh, of failures right so that's how tracing can help uh, again the sres uh, as an organization was like if you care about reliability of the service <clears throat> and again in the book i have many more examples of, of where you can you can go with that traditional devops roles i mean they are not really 
that popular anymore in the technology companies, but they are still probably very popular in the more traditional enterprises. Uh, for them, uh, it depends on how tracing is implemented. I don't think DevOps person would look at one single trace uh, and try to figure out what's going on. But if we look at, uh, if we actually build some additional tools on top of tracing, which like take tracing data and uh, synthesize a higher level view of saying, oh, I can kind of do anomaly detection and figure out that suddenly my normal execution doesn't look anymore the way it used to look the week ago. It something goes in a different path in the in the execution flow, or maybe some calls are not being made between services that used to be made. Uh, then that can be surfaced uh, automatically and uh, useful to develop operations as well, right? So they they can try try to figure out what's going on in that system. So I think there's a wide variety of roles who benefit from tracing being adopted in uh, in architecture. That's good. It sounds like, I guess, distributed tracing, sort of whatever role you're in, it kind of um, gives kind of people a way of thinking about resiliency and, and kind of reliability. It kind of gives you the a sort of framework for either doing chaos engineering or either kind of, you know, thinking about it from a, say, on-call developer perspective. It, it's kind of a way of sort of approaching your software infrastructure um, wherever you sort of sit within that team structure, right? Yes, I think um, it it kind of has different aspects and those different aspects are useful for different people. Uh, I recently tended to like started to think about tracing as sort of the fundamental uh, platform that just must exist in the distributed systems. Uh, similar to how microservices cannot function without a network because they have to call each other over the network. So tracing is kind of that same fundamental substrate for observability. You must have it in your complex distributed system in order to get all kinds of different insights and cover different use cases, different uh, audiences. Uh, but if it's not there, then you're just like running blind. And I guess to, to wrap up today, the last question we wanted to ask you was, um, what advice do you have for anyone who's looking into implemented distributing tra distributed tracing or maybe observability? Kind of what do they need to be prepared for and, and what skills would they need? Uh, yeah, so actually there, there's one important aspect of that question, uh, which I also covered in the book, is to be aware of the emerging standards in the industry, because if you are just uh, starting to adopt uh, distributed tracing, you have to make uh, some very basic decisions that will haunt you uh, if you make them wrong, uh, right? And those decisions are around uh, what which instrumentation API you use, uh, as I mentioned earlier, if you just choose a bespoke SDK from the vendor, then you're going to be stuck with that vendor, uh, and that's not where you want to be. You want to pick a, a more vendor-neutral uh, tools like Open Tracing or Open Senses, which allow you to then instrument your your um, services and your applications, and then figure out which backend for tracing you can use later or even swap it later if you don't want if you don't like one you can pick another one maybe with better features things like that so that that's kind of one very important aspect that you have to look into and the and the second aspect is, is uh, also the context propagation um, is an interesting thing that uh, it's it's like a fundamental feature that tracing cannot exist without and so the, the in as part of the context propagation you need to solve or address the question as like what format does it take on the wire right uh, if your services communicate over http there is supposed to be some http headers that carry that context uh, with the request 
And again, in the old days, like if you pick Zipkin, then there wasn't really any choice. Like you would have to go with the with the Zipkin specific headers that that were would would work only with Zipkin. Uh, these days. System is a bit more uh, flexible about this. For example, if you pick Jaeger instrumentation libraries, we can work with uh, with the Jaeger specific context. We can work with the Zipkin context format. Uh, and uh, there is also a project uh, in in a W3C organization uh, that I am participating in. It's called Trace Context, which is aimed to set a standard for everyone to sort of have a unified way of passing the context. So. I think it's in the state where it can be used. So if people are just starting uh, tracing in organization, they should definitely look at and try to adopt that because by adopting that that standard, you kind of future-proof your uh, instrumentation efforts. Um, and that's especially important if uh, like many modern applications are built not just as an internal application, but they use all kinds of uh, hosted services like maybe using uh, Cloud Spanner from Google. Uh, and so when you're going to make network requests to those systems, they, those requests are part of your overall workflow. So you want to trace them, you want to, to have visibility into them. But uh, the, the Cloud Spanner is going to be traced by Google's internal uh, tracing tools. So you need to make sure that the context that you pass to the to those uh, services is also understood by them. And like W3C Trace Context Project gives you a very good foundation to say, okay, well, we are like talking a standard language uh, for the context propagation and everyone will understand what the trace looks like. There's more uh, like uh, efforts in that space for the data formats, but that's just uh, no, not ready yet, but the context is, is already uh, there. And so as far as like, again, rolling out the, architecture or tracing infrastructure for the first time is that those are like very two very important decisions uh, I think uh, everyone needs to make and to me at least there is not that much choice that you can't really go with vendor solutions anymore you have to go into more standard oriented uh, solutions as far as the tracing backend I think that one um, I wouldn't say that I have a strong recommendation as like what you can pick. You can you can evaluate different tracing backends. Once you your instrumentation is defined and sends you data, it's fairly straightforward to convert data between different backends. And there are tools today on uh, like Open Census, for example, project has has a, an automatic way of accepting multiple data formats and converting them into multiple output data formats. So you can deploy that and and try to play with different backends. Like you can try Google Stack Driver, you can try Amazon X-Ray, you can try Jaeger or Zipkin or any other tracing system that are available or even like commercial vendors and see what works best for you. So I think it's really clear to see that although observability is a really tough thing to actually think about as an engineer, tools like Jaeger really can help you to sort of get a handle on the complexity of your systems and help you sort of better see kind of how things are actually working. Yeah, it's nice to see there's some tooling growing around observability that's extending and complementing the more established monitoring ecosystem. Yeah, and I also think it was quite interesting to hear Yuri say that everyone can benefit from distributed tracing and observability. Now, I'm a little bit sceptical about how quickly it will be adopted across the engineering world, but I do think at the very least these are kind of things that everyone who builds software should be thinking quite seriously about. Completely agree. So that's all for this week. Thanks so much to Yuri for his time and thank you for listening as well. As always, you can get in touch on Twitter. Our handle is at PactPub and you can read more about observability and infrastructure engineering challenges on the Pact Hub. That's all for this week. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.